0: Wow, 14 years in the US. It's a long time to, you know, really <laughs> just to put it in a smaller picture. Oh, but I think it's probably because I started as a, in middle school and I also attended yeah. high school and in here, so that kind of extends it a little longer. But
1: I think yeah, it's been a good journey till now. <laughs> finding a job as an international student and doing the h1b journey can also be stressful Mm -hmm. and guys please pay attention to your mental health Mm -hmm. sometimes when you're too stressed please take breaks yeah please go talk to your friends and sometimes this you know as you're having a conversation about all these issues with your friends you you know like Just let it out Mm -hmm. with somebody else. And then just like hearing their perspective, maybe that can make you feel better. And then just know that you're not alone. This is like the whole purpose that I want to do this podcast. I want to have my friends share about their stories. And Mm -hmm. then I want us to let you know that, you know, you're never alone. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to You're Not Alone, the H-1B Talk podcast. I am your host, Rosemary. Today, we have a very special guest. If you listen to my previous episode, you know the name of my best friend is Karen. Okay. And today, we have her on my podcast. Karen, are you nervous? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> she, she was super nervous, like, uh, the last time. So this is actually our second time recording this episode with Karen, because last time, she was super nervous to a point that we decided just to stop, yeah. you know? Because I don't want my guests to be, like, super stressed out because this, like, you know, just a conversation with me. What's your best friend? Rosemary, why are you nervous? <laughs> Do yeah. I scare you? Can <laughs> no. right. I introduce myself first?
0: <laughs> Hello. Sure, 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 sure. Hello, everyone. I'm Karen. Um, very honored to be invited to talk about my my story as an international student in the U.S., and also, you know, spent hanging out with my best friend, Rosemary,
1: yeah. and also
0: sharing our life experience. A... And
1: enjoying my coffee. Yeah, my with, with a cup of coffee as well. You've been in the States for 14 years. Yeah, so oh my like God. Maybe you can, you know, like speak to our audience about your experience, like half of your life is spent in the US and just talk about that a little bit.
0: Wow, 14 years in the U.S. It's a long time to, you know, really <laughs> just to put it in a smaller picture. So, yeah, um, I I came to the U.S. 14 years ago, I think. Like, <laughs> I, you know, it's a long time. I lost my count. Like at this point, I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm just in the U.S. But I came here uh, for middle school. And then I attended high school. And then I went to UC Davis for my undergrad. Came out with a uh, bachelor's degree in human development. And right now, I am on my final semester of my master's degree in healthcare administration. So that it's like, uh, my educational timeline.
1: You probably being international student the longest, like in my friends' circle.
0: Oh, I think it's probably because I started as a, in middle school and I also attended yeah. high school and in here, so that kind of extends it a little longer. But I think yeah, it's been a good journey till now <laughs> and I'm I'm hopefully, you know, make more histories. Uh, histories <laughs> that's weird <laughs> you No,
1: know, it's not weird see this girl is very ambitious She already wants I to make histories, histories.
0: Yeah. yeah so uh, rosemary and i we met in uc davis in our undergrad and um it was a really random interaction it was too.
1: so random it was
0: really random like we she told me about the interaction and I don't remember about but it she
1: doesn't remember anything so I <laughs> yeah. can share a little bit so <laughs> we were both in this like uh writing class for international students and during the first class we both introduced ourselves to the class and I heard her saying hi everyone I'm from Canada oh and yeah <laughs> immediately I was like Why is this Canadian girl in a writing class for international students? I was just like so confused because I came all the way from China and then I didn't like I couldn't imagine someone, you know, doing study abroad from like, you know, a country so nearby. Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, like still thinking about that. But I actually heard it wrong. She's from Panama. Yeah, I'm actually from Panama. but I heard <laughs> Canada. <laughs> yeah,
0: I yeah I am an international student from Panama, where you know if you guys are,
1: Panama Canal. Yeah, if you
0: guys are not familiar, is where the canal is Central America, which is I I think it's it's. I I don't know whenever I bring this up people just you know they're very surprised about that but I am a Panamanian born Chinese and my family moved to Panama like probably around 30 years ago and then I was born in Panama raised in Panama for probably one or into somewhere around middle no kindergarten and I went to China and I stayed in China for like up to fourth grade and then I came to the US and then you know started as I mentioned earlier I started in middle school and then all the way up to now and I'm, I'm a master's student. So yeah it's a long journey. I, I think I've been an international student in general not only in the US. Yeah 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 but also in China if I'm if <laughs> wow wow now yeah you
1: are the true international <laughs> student and then I was just gonna say like this girl has lived in three different yeah yeah so like my past.
0: my background has been very not only confusing to myself and also like it's hard to you know do you ever feel like an identity crisis sometimes yeah it does because um right now I I only go back to Panama just for vis you know summer vacation and mm-hmm. I realize that I cannot not it's just I I'm not comfortable there because I as I like I've spent most of my life in the U.S. already like you know right. 14 years and I'm more accustomed to the U.S. culture and then also I lost most of my Spanish so
1: well like, <laughs> your Spanish is so good for you know ordering tacos and yeah. be my translator when we we're in Cancun yeah but
0: that I can get around uh, you know with basic conversation right. and, and, and with Spanish but if you, you know, decide, I would rather, you know, you know, stay in the U.S. because I spent most of my life in the U.S. and going back to Panama, just feel like more of a vacation visit Mm -hmm. to my parents. Yeah. And then in China, I liked it too, because I do speak fluently in Mandarin, but also like, I only stayed there just for my middle school year. So I, I, I don't know, like, I, I don't, find myself i don't see myself in and you know staying in a longer term in china so yeah that's probably i'll say i stay more comfortable in in the u.s
1: and honestly i don't know how the work visa situation is in china yeah
0: that's the thing too i'm not sure like how is it the work visa in in china it's it i don't know yeah that's another different story so
1: Karen, I have a question, because I feel like usually we don't, you know, like, talk about this Mm -hmm. that much, like, because you've been in the States for 14 years, I feel like when you first came here, like, of course, you probably wouldn't think about, like, where you want to work because oh you, no you were like so yeah <laughs> in right? middle school yeah, I was yeah, starting yeah, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> that, that that was like too early of an age to really um think about like your professional development but definitely when did you start to have the idea you know um wanting to stay in the U.S. for work um not f- I
0: I wanted to stay in the U.S. Primarily, I, I, I wasn't even thinking about, you know, working. Mm-hmm. I wanted to stay in the U.S. just because I culture, I, I find myself, I see a picture my, of myself staying in the U.S. But mm-hmm. but of course, as an international student, in order to make, uh, to stay in the U.S., it's either as, you know, as, as studying as an F1 student or, you know, or working for, you know, H1B or, you know, getting a sponsorship or even getting a green card. So working... Wasn't it? Didn't come to my picture until attending uh, UC Davis, my mm-hmm. undergrad okay. school, because that's where I think most of students get their idea of how or, or when they wanted to plan it for their career. So, but Mm -hmm. my, I, my family, you know, coming from a Chinese traditional family, they, they always expect their children to either become a lawyer, a doctor, engineer, uh, yeah, all sorts of that. And I'm (laughs) like, no, I know from the very beginning, I don't want to be either of those.
1: But But yours were, was pretty close with me, like, because... Karen wanted to become a nurse. Yeah,
0: I know that I wanted to, you know, work with children, especially or infants. He loves. Kids. I, I yeah, I love babies. It's just, and I know, mm-hmm. I, I know, I love, I love working with babies. So I thought maybe I can become a pediatric nurse because mm-hmm. that's also, you know, trying to fulfill my parents' expectation of working in the medical field, but also not my own passion. Yeah, and yeah. my own passion it, it's too. It's like a
1: good mix. yeah.
0: So. Uh, attending uc davis well i i got in with the nutrition science major Mm -hmm. and just in hope of like maybe work my way through because davis didn't have nursing degree nutrition science for me was kind of like in the way kind of like similar so i got in with the nutrition science degree and i started taking classes for that but in the middle i think some sophomore Mm
1: -hmm. i began
0: to change my educational path because i've I realized that I wasn't good at some of the subjects.
1: I remember you went to, you know, like talk to the advisor. Uh, Yeah, And it was actually the advisor, you know, like offering you like several solutions. Yeah,
0: because and also making the change or even having the thought of changing my major was very difficult to me Mm because my family or even my own personality, I don't like making changes to something that i already have a set plan to mm-hmm. like even making changes in the middle of anything it just i felt very uncomfortable so um, uh, i you know i went to as rosemary mentioned like i went to talk to the advisor and then see what are my other options because i i cannot keep taking classes that i i don't find myself fit in Mm-hmm. and also like my grades were dropping so you know I need to make the decision so I and then they told me about this uh, major with human development which is something that and then they explained it to me it's a new field to me too because I never knew about what's human development and then like my advisors say oh it's you know learning how uh, individual growth in different kinds of aspect we have like you know the biological aspect, or like the society aspect, or how even the you know psychology aspect, and I was like, oh yeah, sure. And then within the human develop- development, I was able to take classes that directly work with, um, children. So okay. I was like, yeah, sure, I will. You know, I'll go ahead and switch to that. And then I graduated with that degree, and I'm very happy that I did that because. I liked it. It's,
1: it's You challenger or something. Yeah, I
0: it, it, it's not like nutrition science, but human development opens my my opened my my perspective mm-hmm. of there's more to, you know, just being a doctor or a lawyer or engineering to to become what you want to become in the future. Yeah, cuz I don't think like, you know, in in my family we never mentioned about there's other opportunities.
1: I think it's because like those were the occupations that the parents stigma think, you know the parents um, think are the best for the children because yeah. they don't you know get exposed to like other yeah. occupations yeah. but uh, the degree of human development and all the courses actually help you to open up your yeah. horizons so mm-hmm. that you realize there are actually many more opportunities that you know in similar industries that um, not only interests you, but can also you know fulfill your goal and my passion. Um, and your passion mm-hmm. working with children. Hmm. So
0: yeah, and then I I graduated with that degree, and then you know when we graduate, we need to start thinking about what you wanted to do with the degree. So mm-hmm. I started looking for jobs, and uh, it was a very difficult job job search to be honest. Like there. Uh, it's, I don't want to say quite limited opportunity, but I did experience, you know, some of the challenges that, I, it, you know, um, with the job search mm-hmm. for the what, undergrad. What, what challenges do you want to talk just, more about it? Yeah, it, it was hard because uh, there's there's not that much uh, positions open. What, what kind of
1: positions were I, you looking at?
0: I Yeah, then? that's the thing, too. Like, I wasn't so sure what particular position that I was looking at. And uh, I was looking for, you know, maybe working, for sure, working with children. Mm-hmm. So I went and just, you know, put in uh, pediatric. Uh, I don't, yeah, it was hard. Like, I wasn't so sure what I wanted to do particularly.
1: Okay, so, so you probably enter like multiple like keywords. Yeah,
0: just to based on, you know, child development or infant, you know, something like that. And it was hard, like, I didn't have that many, like, medical experience working mm-hmm. uh, as a pediatric nurse kind of setting.
1: Okay, so you were still looking for, like, pediatric nurse positions? Yeah, something uh. like that. But
0: then, that being said, you still need to obtain a nursing degree. right? Yeah, right. so with that, I was like, okay, with this under, um, with my bachelor degree i i i'm not qualified to apply for pediatric nurse Mm -hmm. obviously yeah yeah so i still continue with uh job search but then i was like maybe i can step backward a little bit maybe start working with um children at a daycare so i all right
1: guys we had some technical difficulties so we finished the recording process but for some reason it was not showing up in my file so we have to do this not the second time but for the third time because the first time we did it karen was too nervous so we decided to you know like uh just do it again and then we just did it but you know we have to do it a third time but you know karen as you mentioned always focus on the positive side Mm -hmm. this means that we really need to you know like practice our like my interviewing skills and your um like answering skills Mm -hmm. maybe that's you know everything has a reason like it's okay that we are doing this for the third time and this also shows our audience that we're so resilient we're so flexible and then we're not going to be, you know, like deterred by technical difficulty, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, where do we... Left off. Yeah. I think it was OPT. You were just talking about your OPT experience when you graduated UC Davis. Oh, uh, yeah. So
0: um, I landed this uh, opportunity as a volunteer at this daycare. And however, this... um. This organization does not sponsor H-1B. It was a step back a little bit, to be honest, because at the end, my end goal was to obtain a green card, obviously. But I took this and took this opportunity and look at its bright side. Uh, it's okay that I won't be able to get H-1B sponsorship. But I, I look at this as a learning experience because at that time I really wanted to work with children. And then with this hands-on experience, I got the chance of interacting with uh with infants and toddler and uh and children in that uh in that particular setting. But then as my OPT, you know, it starts to approach to the end day. I need to think about what I needed to do in order to maintain my status as, mm-hmm. you know, legally to stay in the U.S. So I was like, OK, maybe I can consider go going back to school. Right. And then and I thought of maybe I can, you know, pick up my nursing career and then I found out that I still have some prere- prerequisite courses that I needed to take. So I was like, sure, I'll go. And, um, and I went and took some prerequisite courses at the local community college and that I was able to, you know, uh, obtain my F1 visa and um, continue uh, to stay within the U.S. legally. So uh, that's my other, you know, turning point. But then I was, as I was, like, taking those prerequisite per- courses, I also realized that I am still not good at certain subjects. And and I I, I just, at that time, I still, you know, I, I cannot keep going that way. Like, I need to find a different way, you know, maybe change my career path again. So... Um, in the middle of taking my Peruka courses, I I did some research and you, you know, there's a master's degree in healthcare administration. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. And that's new too, because it, it it's this program, it still works within the healthcare field, but then it's more of the administration side. And I was like, that's interesting. And then I found out Mount St. Mary's University offered that. And then I'd apply to it and I got accepted and I took this chance, you know, relocate to LA. And I was like, Yay, yeah. Was
1: to stay closer to me.
0: Yeah, and then I was like, yeah, I'll just, you know, um, go back to school and get another master's degree just to see where things go. Mm-hmm. And I'm very glad that I made that decision because I, it opened my mind. Because uh, previously I thought, you know, working within the hospital or healthcare field, I only have the options of either becoming doctors or nurse or, nurse or a pediatric nurse. But then with this program, I was able to learn that there's more to that. There's the indirect way of helping patients. So with this uh, program, I was able to take classes, you know, there's certain classes regarding the financial aspect, the accounting aspect, the insurance policy, or like, the government policies with for healthcare and and it it really um you know opened up my mind and I learned a lot from that so as you know I still have this is I'm on my last semester of this program Mm -hmm. and you know I have to start thinking about an- another round of job search and then start applying for OPT <laughs> since, once again. Since you're
1: mentioning you're starting, you know, another round of, you know, mm-hmm. OPT and then possibly H-1B. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think that your previous experience have helped you, you know, in this round?
0: Oh, definitely, I know I was able to narrow down the specific kind mm. of um, position that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Like right now, I know I wanted to apply into areas such as, you know, hospital, uh, hospital administrative uh, so, uh, assistant positions, or maybe clinical um, administrative uh, assistant. So starting with an entry level, I think it will it will be a good start to get, you know, actually going into this new field, and then get more experience with it. So I'm I'm starting to you know uh, apply for certain uh, for some positions, and then I did get two rejections, but it's just you know it's expected rejections and then you know all of that they're expected and I didn't give up. I, I at first I was like oh this job declined they didn't take me but then I still kept going you know I still kept going and apply for more jobs. It doesn't mean that one or two rejection means the end of the you know my job search or it means the end it's only the beginning of yeah it's just the beginning and then and i'm also you know c- talking to my international student advisor regarding my opt uh, application process and we okay. am planning to have my start dates uh, set at september 18 yes september 18 so hopefully before september 18 i have you know um an offer and i'm ready to work and i can i can confidently tell my employer that i i can start working
1: yeah you have an exact start Start so Mm -hmm. that they have a bunch so that they have a better understanding of your time yeah and that
0: way we can start scheduling and you know beginning to you work but yeah hopefully before that i can get a, a i i'll be able to settle down at this offer but right now i am also concerned you know there's I'm still new with limited experience and I'm concerned with how would I stand out compared to the other applicants and then you know all that kind of, I feel like this is a common kind of concern that you know people go through when they're doing job job search this is a tongue twister for me. <laughs> job search and you know applying for, for positions. But I think throughout this previous time and then also this time. I'm slowly getting used to the process, and you know, taking rejections, and then you know, taking them as a learning experience, and also reaching out and asking them why am I not qualified, or is there any way that I can improve in my interviewing skills? And then there also, I I remember last time I did I did get one letter back saying that oh you just you know, and your during your we did. They, they responded back saying that I, they did enjoy talking to me. It's just like they felt that like I still need to work on certain ways. And I was like, oh, okay, sure, yeah. But then I, it, it's a good conversation too. Even though like I, I got rejected from them, but I was happily to reach out and ask for areas for improvement.
1: Mm, that's nice. You know, like when you reach out directly mm-hmm. to those who wanted to hire you, you get like constructive feedback and mm-hmm, then you yeah. can use that to help you improve the next time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So right now I am keeping an open-minded and also try not to be stressful about the job search process. But yeah, and just trying to, you know, reach out and see how things goes. But definitely, um, hopefully by um, my start day, I'm able to land on an, an opportunity
1: just don't worry about it I remember clearly that my writing professor at USC Annenberg ever told us that
0: mm-hmm.
1: don't worry about finding a job because when you're not getting there you will keep applying until you get the job
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: yeah I always tell myself it's okay
0: don't give up keep trying even though it's really hard to, you know, always remind yourself that it does not mean the end because I do get frustrated too when I get rejections or when I don't get any feedbacks from them. I, all, I, I do feel, you know, very stressful about it. But mm-hmm. also in the same time, I always keep telling myself it's okay to fail. Just accept the rejection and then take any constructive feedback if they have and then improve myself for the, for the, for the next step yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that hopefully good news in the future uh, before that before my start day and hopefully too like they're able to you know provide sponsorship too because that's what something that i'm most concerned with uh, definitely landing on the sponsorship and uh getting selected for for the h1b lottery because i
1: because at the end h1b it's a lottery base right mm-hmm. yeah there's only so much we can do but mm-hmm. you know it's lottery I can't control the lottery if it mm-hmm. happens it happens if i get selected i get selected if i don't i just don't get selected it's, mm-hmm. you know like not the end it, of the world yeah it
0: does yeah i always keep myself to keep telling myself that because right now i am at the beginning of you know or ge- getting just a touch of how the h1b process i, ha- I haven't been there yet but I am on mm-hmm. the edge of getting there. But it's just, it's a, a um an area of an uncertainty. And as Rosmi just said, it's a lottery based. And then j- I'll just keep reminding myself to try the best in the area where I can do. And then j- if it's out of my control, I'll just let it be. You know, it- it's just, there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, just try your best and then let go. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm like it's okay to get rejection it's okay that this position doesn't you know sponsor you h1b just keep looking and negotiate with your employer and to see where you guys can meet you know in between with each other
1: yeah and also i think um another point is like don't ever feel sorry because you need the sponsorship mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i i think this you know goes both ways it's like if they're willing to provide a sponsorship and you need the sponsorship you know that's the perfect scenario but Mm -hmm. if they're not willing to sponsor but at least ask yeah i think only if you ask you get the chance Mm -hmm. to find out if they actually do it or not because a lot of companies they don't know much about the sponsorship process Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. you can also let them know or you know like providing them with resource that to you know educate them on the sponsorship thing Mm -hmm. because like um it all it also takes time for us to process the uh, visa uh, status thing. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, like it can also be beneficial for the employers to know about that. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll be up for it.
0: Yeah, we never
1: know. But like, you know, just ask.
0: Yeah, I- actually asking or initiating is something that I always struggle with. So with that, I, I-, I need to, you know, always remind myself if I have the chance of interviews I will definitely like just straight up, you know, negotiate with the with the employer just to see what are my chances, because I I always struggle just to expressing myself to like asking what I want, but um I also wanted to um talk about this diversity lottery visa that I have as another option in getting a green card. To be honest, this is something that Rosemary introduced me to i did not know about I'm this
1: her like status consultant you should pay me girl like <laughs> this can be my next project you yeah. know be a visa consultant <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so this diversity
0: lottery as i mentioned it's another way of uh, obtaining the citizenship green card and, but it's only limited to countries where there is a smaller population within the u.s so uh, taking India or China as an example, there are larger country with a lot of uh, with a larger population within the US. So in this case, they do not qualify to enter this. And since i my nationality as a Panamanian, I do have the advantage and I'm qualified. But however, um, unfortunately, I did not get in I didn't I wasn't selected for this year. But then Uh, the lottery it you can enter it annually and it's for free the process is really easy if you guys are interested definitely go check that out but as i say this is another option that i do have which is in a way i'm more lucky than my my friends to be honest because i have this option besides h1b i won't put all of my hopes in entering the
1: diversity visa, but I also will keep trying Mm -hmm. to look for... Just, just, you know, like explore and knowing your options. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Karen, you know, now it's like graduation season and uh, I'm sure a lot of our audience, you know, are in the job searching journey and maybe it's their first time, you know, doing job search and applying for OPT, thinking about h1b and you as a veteran international student who has been you know the states for the past 14 years Mm -hmm. and then even though you haven't started h1b but you have you know like two rounds of job searching experience Mm -hmm. do you have like anything that you want to share with them just like experience wise or just anything yeah i would like to say definitely start Job searching
0: earlier, even like even before you know you're gonna be graduate, just have a slight idea of what you wanted to do. That way, when you're doing the search, you have a more uh, concise uh, uh keyword search. If that that makes sense, like you know, if you wanna be like working in the healthcare, because healthcare field, it's a really it's it's a huge area like there's different kinds of position even with administrative uh, positions there's like even uh, like there's the financial aspect there's the policy aspect like insurance aspect or like the data aspect too it's like mm-hmm. so knowing what you want like uh, in terms of keywords And definitely talk to your advisor regarding the timeline of the opt application because that do matters because that can set that need you need to set up your start day and usually there's a a timeline on of when you need to set up your start day so definitely talk to your student sorry your international student advisor regarding the process that way like you're on top of things yeah and then definitely be confident though because i know uh i and i also, also i'm currently experiencing that because um, i have limited work experience uh, just be confident if you have the chance of scheduling an interview just go in but don't worry about it it's just like take it as a as a conversation but with with a a, you know with the employer as what i'm doing with rosemary with this podcast because i'm still nervous and i i'm not good this is
1: her third try (laughs) and she still gets nervous so guys this is not an easy thing Mm -hmm. because we're also like using like most of us using english as our second language yeah also
0: definitely try to get to know yourself because it during interview you're trying to express yourself within the a given amount of time and this is something i'm still struggling with because i'm not used to expressing myself or maybe i'm just not that i don't know myself that much
1: And also, usually, like, you don't do this very
0: often with Mm -hmm, yourself. mm -hmm. Yeah, like, it's a different... Even though you're trying to have a conversation with the HR or the employer uh, for the job interview, it's a different kind of conversation. It sets a different tone. So just prepare yourself for that. But treat it... Just trying to treat it as a, you know, a normal conversation that you're going to be having. So yeah, definitely... You know, don't stress out about it. If you get rejection, it's okay. Move on to the next one. Eventually, we will land to something that we want. And then, or maybe we will land to something that is unexpectedly. Exactly. But, you know, it will lead us to a different pathway that, you know, it will be turned out in a good way. You know, it just, there's so many different options. Yeah. So don't give up. Keep trying. And you are not alone, obviously.
1: <laughs> yes, you are not alone.
0: Yeah, even though I'm tr- I'm going through the process now and I'm scared, but, you know, having conversations with my friend or maybe mm-hmm. sometimes talking to, you know, your advisors or anyone like, or maybe just talking to the employer or, or the interviewer that you're having, you get an idea of who you are and where you want it to go.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And then I also want to add that, you know, like... um finding a job as an international student and doing the h1b journey can also be stressful Mm -hmm. and guys please pay attention to your mental health Mm -hmm. sometimes when you're too stressed please take breaks yeah please go talk to your friends and sometimes it's you know as you're having a conversation about all these issues with your friends you you know like just let it out mm-hmm. with somebody else. And then just like hearing their perspective, maybe that can make you feel better. And then just know that you're not alone. This is like the whole purpose that I want to do this podcast. I want to have my friends share about their stories. And mm-hmm. then I want us to let you know that, you know, you're never alone. Mm-hmm. We're all in this process. Like, because we're a small group, so a lot of times we don't share this very sensitive and sometimes even private topic Mm -hmm, yeah but but we're doing it yeah we're doing it
0: and i'm doing it i'm opening myself not only to rosemary but also to the podcast too so (laughs) people who are you know listening they yeah I'm, i'm i'm actually putting myself out there if
1: you're listening please give karen a round of applause (laughs)
0: <laughs> i'm giving myself one too yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well yeah it's a great opportunity though because like this podcast it's my first time ever doing it even though we've been it's my it.
1: first time too even
0: though this is our third time trying but like every time I, oh, I there's still you know improvement and there's new things too like i every every time i record something there's like oh there's one point that i wanted to point out mm-hmm. yeah and you know Everything is new experience, even uh, c- c- coming back to, you know, the topic H1B and then you're not alone. Definitely green card is what we wanted to get, but don't let any rejections along the way hold you back. And don't let H1B rejection hold you back. Those are something that don't really define you. Th- those doesn't represent who you are. They're just a small milestone on your life in your life And then these are just small obstacles on the way. And then overcoming them, it's and then learning throughout the experience, it's it's what what is important.
1: Yeah, guys, just imagine that life is a series of games and we are in hard mode because H1B and the status and then being international. But once we're able to, you know, go through this, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like um you level up. Yeah like those are things are here to teach you something Mm -hmm. to improve your skills or Mm -hmm. even to better up your mindset Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. yeah just don't let rejections or failure you know hold you back those things don't define you if you learn something from those those are those are the things the essence that we need to take from those yeah don't give up guys and i'm telling myself that too don't give up and be confident
1: see i have a record karen (laughs) next time if you you know like get very um Mm -hmm. disencouraged or rejection or Uh returning to like the low self-esteem mode Mm -hmm. i'm gonna you know like I'm going to replay this to you. Yeah. So that you will remember whatever you said to the audience. You should, you know, also Keep that say those too. to yourself.
0: Yeah. I know, like, even though I, I face stressful situations and I do get frustrated she's too. She's playing
1: with the mic. And that's how I know she's nervous. <laughs> uh, like, I will get stressful
0: at points, but, you know, these are learning experiences. You uh, um, opportunity to for more improvement
1: yeah all right karen any last word to our audience
0: um uh, as this podcast name indicate we are not alone and if you need someone to talk to definitely reach out to people who you feel comfortable with mm-hmm. or maybe you know reach out to rosemary if you wanted to share your story with yes. everyone you know in this platform this is definitely something you know it's a comfort zone for a comfortable place for you to share there's no you know it's a safe environment yeah like even when uh, uh when I'm saying like my first try of doing this podcast I was like how do I say certain things that it's appropriate she said that it's okay whatever you have in mind just say it because it's your thought it's a conversation it doesn't matter if someone doesn't like it so you know I'm I'm more comfortable now, mm-hmm. and then I'm opening up myself to the audience, or definitely, and yeah, just you. Know, if you need, you know, someone to talk to, definitely reach out because H one B sponsorship, green card, these are not mm-hmm. something that you can, you know, work on it yourself. You definitely need to seek some advices too.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So you're not alone, guys.
1: Knowing that you have support. Yeah. All right, Karen. Thank you so much for your time, and you know be willing to deal with the technical difficulty mm-hmm. today because as I mentioned we've done this the third time mm-hmm. and hopefully it will save my recording <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I am very
0: honored to get invited to talk about myself and then you know opening up myself too I know like there's I'm not I'm not as perfect as I think no I one's am. perfect and I am accepting the way, how I, the way how I am. So, you know, just... I'm very glad that I'm able to share that with the audience. And also, you know, with Rosemary. Hopefully, I'll bring good news shortly, you know, in terms of anything. <laughs>
1: okay, September 18th. I I, I I will mark that down on my so calendar. Specific. But yeah,
0: like, you know, hopefully I'll come back with good news. And uh, if anything... You know, guys, we are definitely not alone. And thank you so much for your time too, for listening my uh, my, my conversation and my, my my story.
1: Please follow and subscribe to this podcast if you want to stay updated to the most recent content. You can also follow the podcast Instagram account. It's called The H1B Talk. And I sometimes share some behind-the-scenes and also previews of the podcast. If you want to be featured on this podcast, you can DM me on Instagram. You're listening to You're Not Alone, the H-1B Talk podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary. Thank you so much for your time. Peace. I'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye-ya.